Well, we're not far off. It's a scary time at the end of the week. Halloween is approaching. It'll be the first day of COP26. Welcome to this week's Net Hero podcast. I'm Sumit Bose, and it's all about COP. That's what we're going to be discussing today. I'll be having a conversation in a moment with Nikki Flanders from SSE. But obviously, COP's been handed a few cop-out blows. We've got the Queen, who can't make it now. Definitely China aren't coming. Lots of consternations about what Saudi Arabia wants and Australia want regarding emissions. The train strikes at the time of recording this podcast are still on. I really hope they are cancelled so that we can actually get there. And apparently there's a bin strike as well. So you could say it'll be a copping disaster, but I don't think so. I think it'll be good. I think that we will get through this and it will be a fruitful uh, meeting. There's plenty going on. And as I said, in this week's podcast, I spoke to Nikki Flanders from SSC, one of our partners. They're going to be one of the principal sponsors at COP, but also they're looking at kind of where they sit, what, um, you know, companies like them are on the transition. So we had a conversation discussing her hopes and aspirations for COP and also how, in reality, we'll have many COPs taking place in this conversation. There'll be the ones between the richer nations, the one between the developing nations, and how we all have to work together to get us to the right aim, which is a unified approach to tackling climate change. Well, it's come. It's here. We are in the shadow of COP. And uh, I thought it'd be really important on the Net Hero podcast to just get some thoughts from people who are really in the know. One of our partner companies is SSE. And Today, I'm joined by Nikki Flanders, who's the Managing Director of Energy Customer Solutions. But Nikki, before we, we have a chat, I mean, it took long enough to get here. You know, we've had it postponed a bit like the Euros. We got to the finals, didn't quite make it. I'm hoping for a positive result, aren't you? I am. I mean, you know, in two words, I've got high hopes. You know, massive high hopes, like high, high hopes but for the summit. I mean, if we just think about the many news stories that have been shared over the last few weeks, I mean, it's been great. I mean, really yeah. debunking yeah. the jargon and showcasing amazing initiatives happening all over the UK. And I think, you know, if it wasn't there before, the realisation that we collectively have a huge challenge on our hands should certainly be landing. I think for me, COP26 is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, it really is, you know, we really are at this inflection point in terms of getting the governments together to ensure that in country and globally, we have the right frameworks. So simply, I would say, is that we need to make sure that we've got the tools so that we can all get on with doing the job. And those yeah. tools are the policies and the frameworks. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, obviously, SSE, you've been partners with us since the beginning of Future Net Zero, and I'm very grateful for that. You've undergone a big change as well. You've undergone a change this year. You've rebranded part of the businesses as the energy solutions side. And I suppose that's really a mark of where things are going because we are already in this transition, aren't we? Because people are looking not for a short-term fix. They're looking for a longer-term solution because... If we accept, and I think the vast majority of businesses, the people who listen to this podcast, accept that we have to shift our society, it's not going to be overnight, is it? No. I think as well, we mustn't lose sight of where we've come from. So if we, yeah. you know, if we just very briefly cast our minds back to 
Paris 2015. On the back of that, behaviours did change, you know, attitudes did change in terms of investors, mm. you know, policies were brought forward, regulation, what was, was put in place. And actually, since 2015, the UK did even more in terms of decarbonising the power sector, you know, a further 42% reduction in terms of CO2 emissions. So we, you know, we have got a solid backstory here, but we absolutely need to do more. And, you know, you just said it around, this has got to be for the long term. And we're talking about a complete reform of the electricity market, aren't we? You know, a net zero electricity market design. We need those policies to stimulate private investment, to get more renewables, in. We need to make sure that we've got the right policies to support investment in terms of new technologies like long duration storage. And as we all know, you know, the network infrastructure that we've got in place was great for its day, served a purpose, but we need strategic investment in that network infrastructure to actually be able to meet the new demands. And you said it somewhere, you know, it's not just about the energy market design, it's much more that's at play here. You know, we're talking about how businesses operate, how homes run. Yeah, and and in terms of, um, you know, the transition that you've made as an organisation before we talk about really about COP coming up, you've changed a lot since 2015, SSE, haven't you? We have. For those of you that perhaps are listening um, might not know us, so SSE is a vertically integrated energy company. Net zero is central to what we do. At a group level, we develop, own and operate low carbon infrastructure. We're investing seven and a half billion pounds so far on decarbonisation efforts to 2025. And then energy customer solutions, which is the bit of the, the business that I run, is the shop window for customers to all of the SSES assets. So, you know, in Ireland, we serve domestic right through to large business customers. And in GB, we focus on just business customers. And our aim is to provide customers with simple access to expertise and solutions to support them on their net zero journey. And, you know, even if I don't go back as far as 2015, but just the last sort of two years, the shifts that we have seen um, in terms of the conversations that we're having with our customers and, and the great stuff that we're that we're doing with our customers across a whole range of things, you know, heat networks, some great, great examples there, which would be super to share, um, you know, electric vehicles, um, battery storage, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the conversations that we're now having have really exploded since 2015 in terms of practically what is it that you as a business customer or a domestic homeowner over in Ireland need to do and how can we support you to a fundamental shift in our business model. Yeah and you've closed down your your thermal generator, your coal power, uh, Fiddler's Ferry I think was the the big one I remember that closed was it a year two years ago something like that so you've really made a shift away from it. Yeah exactly and I mean you know there's lots of exciting stuff in the in the pipeline so we've got a new development called um kibi 2 which is going to be the most efficient ccgt um in terms of you know emissions and, and cost yeah. effectiveness we've also greenlit our first merchant um, sort of subsidy free i should say subsidy free wind farm in 2020 with our golden bush extension which is generating energy 
um, and that started generating in April 2021. So some really significant shifts in, in our business model in terms of what we've achieved and what we've demonstrated. And I think this is the thing, you know, when we when we stand back and we we look at you know UK and GB and companies like SSE, we have got a lot to be proud of in terms of yeah. what's already happened and demonstrating that we're able to build out renewables at scale, which I think is absolutely key. And I think the thing is, well, look, we're always going to have people who will always criticise, right? They've always been this thing, which I've said to you many a time that, you know, the, the energy sector gets knocked and I think knocked very unfairly. But, you know, if we suddenly cut everything tomorrow, we'd have no power. So we have to be realistic about the transition it takes. My personal views are that we do need to continue with gas and we have to clean it up and use much more carbon capture technology. There are certain elements of things that we could do, but I'm thinking globally as well, you've got to be realistic. Places that have got coal are going to continue using coal, but can it maybe cleaner while we also fund this transition where we can to go to renewable energy? Are you seeing across, you know, you're a global company, right? You've got footprints everywhere. You know people everywhere. You talk to people. Are you seeing that actually what I think has happened, which is what's so different about the run-up to this COP, is that there is now a fundamental global shift that even the coal and oil gas rich countries say we need to clean up our act okay maybe they won't ditch it tomorrow but they are now saying we need to start to transition yeah i mean our our operations have been predominantly centered on uk and ireland but as you'll know we've we've just announced international expansion but i think most definitely if, if we if we just look at you know, UK and, and Ireland for, for the minute, there most definitely is the recognition and the delivery that we need to build out renewables. I mean, we're sitting here and we want to do it faster. So we've got examples where we could actually, you know, build renewables faster if we could get through some of the commissioning processes, you know, the planning processes, etc. And I think that's what COP26 really needs to tackle the net zero strategy has been published i think it was tuesday this week wasn't it yes. time flies yeah. tuesday this week and you know that covers a broad range of aspects which is good um you know it gives us that roadmap um it gives the confidence to investors that policy support is there and i think you know if anything the recent recent wholesale markets challenges that we've had has absolutely shown the necessity for investment in renewable technologies to you know, reduce our reliance on, on imports. So I think if I just take our territories as well as sort of the international frame, that we, we've seen globally challenges in terms of security of supply. Now, obviously in Europe, we've had the, the recent gas yeah. challenges. So it's yeah. affecting us all and all countries will be coming to the, you know, are coming to the same conclusion in terms of we need to ensure that we've got that absolute resilience at the end of the day, energy policy is, is really around, you know, keeping the lights on. I'm sure people won't like me boiling it down to this, but, you know, keeping the lights on, keeping energy bills affordable and working towards decarbonisation. And, you know, I think if we just keep things simple and really practical, then that's how we're going to start unlocking what we need to achieve. The reality is, you know, that what we're looking at is some people have costed it as a trillion pounds, you know, a trillion pounds worth of investment to get us to where we need to be by 2050. Some of the figures here are good, 
but they're actually quite small scale, 350 million for electrification, 620 million for, for EV grants, you know, uh, having 184 million for sustainable aviation fuel, hydrogen gets 140. So there are some decent figures, but they're not the billions. And he's looking, he had, sat down with Bill Gates and he said, you know, I can throw hundreds of millions or billions, you can throw trillions. And, and this is the thing, isn't it? Companies like you, other companies around the world, the private investment must come, you know, has to come, has got to be part of what's discussed at COP because governments can do so much. They can set strategies, they can seed investments. But at the end of the day, it's commercial organisations like, like, like yours that will have to fund this, won't they? Undoubtedly, we are going to have to invest in this. I mean, we're not going to get this done without significant investment. And in terms of the proportion of that investment, we most definitely need to attract more private investment. And having yeah. clarity of policy, obviously, is a, is a massive, massive sort of underpinner to actually being able to get to that in private investment. And I think, you know, we can, we can debate um, and there's obviously a lot of debate going on at the minute as to, you know, are the sums right? You know, are the support, yes. supports right? But I think, you know, you said it before, Sumit, that the, the key thing here is that we've got to make sure we've got a just transition. And for yes. me, that just transition is not only about how we move and, and sort of, you know, from traditional generation through to renewables and making sure that we have that security supply, but how we make sure that the policies are actually directly tackling all aspects of carbon emissions. So the policies are right for homeowners, the policies are right for yes. businesses, the policies are right for private sectors. And undoubtedly, it's obviously a huge amount of work that's been put into the, the net zero strategy, of course. Um, and yeah, that starting, does give us, it's going to have to change, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that does give us a roadmap. But in terms yeah. of the economics behind it, you know, the mm. economics will need to be refined and refined as we move through that roadmap. And this is where we've got to have that agility. You know, we've got to have that agility as we go through the years um, to make sure that we are continually doing this in a just transition way, that we continually bring in with us on this journey all of the sectors that need to be brought on this journey, like all of us, to make sure that we're actually achieving the goal. We've got COP coming and it's had, it reminds me a bit, I said before we started recording, it reminds me a bit of the Olympics. Now, everyone said it was going to be a disaster. It was going to be right down and it ended up being an incredible game. A lot of people are negative about COP. A lot of people are saying that it shouldn't be happening because of COVID, with Putin, Xi not turning up, maybe Modi not turning up. Loads of stuff recently about what was done, slightly scurrilous rumours about Saudi Arabia and Australia trying to sort of nobble the, the 1.5 degree commitments. That there's a lot of kind of, oh, it's just the rich countries talking and nothing will happen. And a final one about, you know, hey, the poor who are going to be adversely affected by climate change, they won't be even there or they won't get their voices heard. I still think it's a good thing. I still think it's the, the right thing to do. But there are some legitimate concerns, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, there are some legitimate concerns. I mean, I absolutely think it's the right thing to do. We, we have got a climate emergency, hugely complex. When you're dealing with multiple stakeholders, the level of complexity and the urgency, actually to get the people together is what's needed. Now, obviously, you would want to make sure that all the people who need to be there are there. But as per business, you know, you need to make sure that you're driving things forward. So 
for me, if out of COP, and this is what needs to happen out of COP, we have clarity on those agreements, you know, how are countries that actually need a different sort of approach to investment, you know, poorer companies, how are we globally going to support those com- those countries, sorry, those yeah. countries, you know, we need to make sure that we're getting those agreements put through. Having the meeting has got to be better than not having the meeting, you know, yeah. not having the meeting is, is going to end yeah. up with a zero result, really. Yeah. So having the meeting and, and all of the expectations on this meeting it has got to yield through it has got to move us forward so absolutely we can always throw stones at things but we have got to drive this forward there's still a significant number of people going who are decision makers as you say the policy people there's lots of businesses there you you guys are there yourselves as a as a, as a big sponsor there there are some real big huge names coming from around the globe you know one of the things that people talk about is kind of you know, and I'm a big advocate of if something came out of it would be a, a global sort of carbon tax level. There are many questions around that. There are many levers that need to be pulled. And obviously, people talk about jurisdictions, etc. But we have seen something similar with kind of, you know, big tech and sort of tax rates of big tech trying to be ironed out globally. Do you think there will be some need for some fiscal pricing of carbon to come out of it? What, what would your take be on that? So, I mean, we've not long had the the UK ETS, and I think we really need to let that bed in before we make any further significant changes. That said, there are some other areas of consideration, and obviously it's been brought out in the net zero strategy as well, about how things can be rebalanced. So, you know, the rebalancing of costs between electricity and gas, and that makes absolute sense. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but it makes absolute sense. But, it, but in terms of carbon pricing... And I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I suppose the thing is we're, we, we're sitting here in a very privileged position of being a very leading economy, even though people think we've come down, where we can do these things. We've got the technology. How do we take any of these? How do you, when you meet someone from a, a power company at, at COP that's from another part of the world, how can they tap into any of this and do the change there? Because that's the real challenge of COP, isn't it? We could almost have multiple different conversations saying, hey, all of us can yeah. do this because we can afford to. Yeah. But if you're in, you know, in Africa, an energy company in Africa or in parts of India or parts of, um, you know, even the Middle East and parts of uh, down in South America, th- these things are difficult to do. These things are, you know, going to Brazil and trying to retrofit in a favela is going to be hideous. And yeah. yet the AC bills are going to be enormous. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Which I is, do. I do. So, and, and this is this is the whole point of COP, isn't it? Though this is the whole yeah. point of COP in terms of bringing together the world leaders, you know, the world experts, the world, you know, regulators, the the people that are actually doing the job. You know, bringing people together, and it's about diversity of thought actually to solve the diversity of problems. Because you're absolutely right. You know, decarbonizing a building in you know London is going to have a completely different set of issues and challenges and solutions to decarbonizing a, a building in India, for example. Yeah, you know, of course. completely or Sao Paulo or whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. exactly, exactly. And so I think you know I, my, my point still stands by actually getting the people together that are actually all of the parts of these jigsaw puzzles, yeah, you know, as many of them as you can in a constructive forum as COP is going to be i'm sure in terms of really focused debate with clear outputs and those clear outputs have got to be how can we globally 
tackle carbon emissions by understanding the sources of those carbon emissions in terms of how they relate in that geography. So, you know, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's not one policy fits all, but if we don't have the conversation, no, how are we I, going to ensure that the funding, you know, obviously funding is a big part of this in terms of how the, how the funding is actually going to be established to help those countries that don't have their own sort of infrastructure, their own financial means, means to be able to, to, to deliver this. This is a global problem and your comparison with COVID is absolutely spot on. It's a global yeah, yeah. problem. And before we go, there's a couple of things that are very interesting in COP and if people have looked at the, the, the thing, we'll, we'll be up there while our team will be reporting is, there are lots of, um, they're trying to do sort of, you know, the big energy politics, that side of COP, but there's a kind of like a, a social COP going on as well. You know, there's a lot of talk about kind of justice, um, art, um, uh, diversity and all that. I know you're speaking on a policy about uh, a panel on diversity. And it is really interesting that this, this, how do I put it? What we're actually doing is we're shifting society, yeah. right? We're shifting society. So if we, it's not just, are we just changing our power? You know, we're actually, you know, going to change society and, we will need different people and it's going to be quite weird the energy future in 20 years time and the people who work in energy aren't going to be very different from the ones today and i think that's super exciting i really <laughs> do and and I, and I think you know from what you you know what you've just said there for me yes the aims are absolutely clear we've got to get to net zero so i want to make that clear in this statement but there is an and and the and is how we get there how we get there by taking everyone with us, as we've just articulated, how we get yeah. there by making sure it's the just transition, how we get there is going gonna, is gonna to have to be by sharing, working together in a different way, not only within country, but globally. And that also means diversity of thought. And I'm really delighted to be on the diversity and decarbonisation uh, panel. I'm really looking forward to the debate because it is about thinking about problems in a different way and it is about having a different attitude to sharing you know in terms of how we work across businesses in terms of how we openly share what it is that we're doing to actually drive you know better solutions collectively I think is going to be quite a shift that we're going to have to make to really crack this. Nikki, I know you're going there. I'll be there. Hopefully we'll catch up. Maybe we can have a sustainable glass of whiskey. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> One that's made net zero. I'm sure there is a net zero brewery out there. But, but to end with, um, you sound positive to me. You, you think something good will come of it. And, and even if there is a lot of talking, it's better than nothing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's at least progressing the global conversation. Absolutely. And, and I, I just don't believe it's only going to be talking. I just don't. You know, it's going to I deliver. Like it, it's good. <laughs> We're going to get things done, yeah? We are. We are. Uh, Nikki Flanders there. Now, as I said at the beginning, we will be at COP. Yes, myself, Rob Murray, Dimitris, uh, we'll be up there and we'll be reporting all next week. So you'll be getting a few more Net Hero podcasts. I aim to produce this uh, every day from COP. We're travelling up on the 1st and as I said, hopefully we'll be getting a train <laughs> that will get us there. Um, we'll be bringing you stuff from the main sessions taking place in the green and blue zone. We'll be trying to get to voices from businesses in Scotland and apparently if we're lucky, 
we might be able to even bring you a Brazilian rainforest tribe who are there to make their mark. So plenty going on. Make sure you keep downloading the Net Hero podcast. Follow us on social media. Remember at futurenetzero.com for all of your news around Net Zero. Log in every day next week and you'll get uh, a podcast from us. Thanks for listening. See you soon. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.